You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. When you post hunting photos on Instagram, they get censored. When you post on Go Wild, you get virtual fist bumps from fellow hunters. When you buy gear on Amazon, you gas up a billionaire spaceship. When you buy gear on Go Wild, we donate to a camp that teaches kids to hunt, fish, and shoot. See the difference? Go Wild is a free social community built by hunters for hunters. Join today at DownloadGoWild.com, and I'll give you 10 bucks just for setting up your account. And you'll keep unlocking Go Wild rewards as you share content, because guess what? We like hunting pictures. Join at DownloadGoWild.com or in the App Store. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your host, Nate Thomas, and for the first time in several weeks, back. I'm back. I'm not by myself. Thank goodness. I missed you, man. Mike is back. It's and been a little you bit. haven't just missed me. You've missed like every human being. I've missed life in general. Yeah, you have not been around. Why haven't you been around? I got the vid, dude. Micah caught the vid. I did, and I caught it. I caught it bad. I'm not going to lie. You know, I mean, I kind of... A few, I guess it's been a month, a few months ago, I got sick for a little bit, and I thought I had it, but I, like, I went and got tested, and yeah. it, it, they both came back negative or whatever, so I'm like, okay, well, something screwed up. I, But this go-around, Friday at work, and I'm like, I got to go home. I just did not start feeling right, and I got home, I started running a fever, and I ran a fever in between 100 and 102 from fried for pretty much nine nine or ten days i had a fever it, i mean it was terrible it was absolutely terrible yep. so yeah but you're on the mend i'm on the mend finally actually ran through your whole damn family yeah my wife got it the symptoms totally hit her different she lost her taste and smell i kept mine i just felt like crap i mean she she felt you know a little bad too but and then both my daughters got it we didn't get my son tested, but I'm pretty sure he had He it was too. the one that started it. I'm pretty sure there. he was the one that started it because yeah. he had a fever before anybody, but his just lasted a day. But, you know, everybody's fine now. Everybody's yeah. good, you know. So, But it, it was no joke. I mean, it was – it was a little rough there for a bit, but it was rough for me too because I hate being by myself. Yeah, you I had, you, that. Had to, you had to do some podcasting and stuff by yourself. I wasn't a help at in any aspect. I was literally in my bed. Just it's nice to have you back. Yeah. It's and good. you haven't been, and the worst part is you've been off work. Right. And not hunting because you felt like shit. Yeah, I was, to be honest, I was hoping, I was like, so I got tested. I was like, okay, I got it. I'm not going back to work for a while. I'll get to feeling better here in another day or two, and I'll be able to go hunting for like, you know. A week. A week. Or, you know, have the opportunity. Nope. 
wasn't an option. Yeah, There's no way I was going out hunting. Just none of that either. Yeah, which I mean, it was still there. There were some warm days and stuff like that, so I wasn't too upset about it. But it, it would have been nice to been able to go do a little something. But, yeah, you know. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. What about you? You been doing any hunting? Yeah. Uh, I mean, not a whole lot, just because life once again got three kids doing five different freaking sports like we're not doing that next fall there's zero chance two of my kids are signing up for two different sports they're gonna pick one and that's what they're doing because holy hell it's just like every night somewhere else so i have been hunting just not a lot um but this last week i got to finally start taking caden Mm -hmm. with his crossbow that i bought him how do you do um, so I, I sighted him myself and then I let him shoot it little, little freaking kids better shot than I am. Is he? Like I sighted it in. I'm like, okay, this is, I've got this where it should be. I'll see how he does with it though. Cause it, I might need to make adjustments. So it was raining the day I, sh- I sighted it in. So we shot like outside of my, sh- we were in the shop. Yeah. Shooting outside. Shot outside the garage door to 20 and 30 yards is all I had the ability to, to do. So. I'm like, hey, here's how we're going to do it. You're going to sit on the stool, and then I got a, these shooting sticks that you actually let borrowed from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we're going to use up in the tree stand for you to shoot off of. So I want you to shoot this way. Okay, okay. So I cocked it for him and, um, you know, got it ready for him. And then I just said, okay, when you're ready, it's the top crosshair. You know how to use it. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, just do your thing and he fires off the first one and right in the freaking heart on the deer on the the block i bought for it okay block target or whatever yeah i'm like freaking awesome dude good shot so let's do it again second one smoked it again right in the heart like, all right we're gonna move back to 30 now this time you need to use this you know the middle crosshair okay okay i got it i'm like all right try it boom smokes it again i'm like yeah you are ready the now the fourth time i put the broadhead bolt in uh-huh and that one flew just as good as the other one so and you're running your slick tricks for your block for yeah, the broadheads, yeah right? the old slick tricks i'm using those well, and good. they they're running great so anyway i got to take him hunting a few times the unfortunately we've only seen one deer in the two times he's went and it was a little uh like forky mm-hmm. like mostly a spike with two little forks on each side. Can he legally take a spot? Can he do that? So that's I a know, great question. I know youth season he can. Yeah. I don't know how. It is a youth archery tag that he has uh-huh. because he's 11. Right. Because he, so, he hasn't went and taken his uh, conservation right. class or nothing. And like when I went and set up his account in MDC or whatever that app is and went and bought his tags, it's a youth archery tag. But honestly, I don't know. So I'm using the four-point rule. Okay. Because that's what I have to use. Right. So, plus, I don't, if he's going to shoot a spike, he might as well shoot a doe at that point. So, I'm going to let him shoot a younger buck. Yeah, if he wants to. But not a tiny-ass thing like that. Right. So, anyway, what was nice was that that spike came all the way into 25 yards, exactly where I would want him to shoot a deer. So, I had him practice, like, getting set up, lining, you know, putting the crosshairs on it. And I'm like, now, imagine yourself pulling the trigger. You know, walk yourself through it. What would you do? Well, I would do this. I'm like, perfect. And I even stopped it. You know, like, Matt, yeah. stop the deer and, you know, let him practice it and everything. So, 
I think that'll help him get ready for when he does shoot. That's good. How how did that uh, those shooting sticks work out per- in the stand? They're freaking perfect. They, it makes sense. I mean, it's my coyote stick is what it is, and it's a single deal that has a little tripod there at the bottom. I would think they would work out yeah, pretty that, good. Yeah, that tripod, the three feet on the bottom, they don't fall through the stand. Right. Whereas, like, shooting sticks are just sticks, and they would fall through that, that opening. Yeah, and, so. I mean, it's a Y or whatever, whatever you want to call it, pizza type thing. So I wouldn't even think they'd be on be on the platform. Yeah, so. no, I, it's, it worked great. Well, and good. then – you know, if I if he had to take a shot somewhere else, he's not strong enough to hold the crossbow up free-handed. I mean, they're, they're pretty big. So. so the good thing is, though, I'm sitting there with him, so I can hold the front, I guess, the front of the crossbow or, you know, where you put your lead hand. Sure. I can hold it for him while he's setting up, and I'm just, you know, I'm not grabbing it. I'm just kind of holding it. So he's – it's like I'm a shooting stick for him <laughs> at that point, essentially. I got you. And because uh, we practiced that, if you're like, hey, if there's if he's over here, you know, you're not going to be able to probably swing your shooting stick that far. Plus, he's a little nervous up in the tree. Right. He doesn't like moving too much around. He is tied off, but he still doesn't love yeah, just moving doesn't around too much. Yeah, so I get it. You know, I'm like, well, we'll try this, and, and it worked good, too. We actually, he shot at the house that way a few times where I just put my palm out, let him rest the... I don't know the the hand guard or whatever you call. It's that dangerous on your part. <laughs> it seems like you might catch a forearm or something like that. No, 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 no. There's no way. I'm I'm holding the bottom. Oh yeah, because you're underneath of him. Yeah. In the in the right, one right, scene. yeah. And okay. it's not like I'm letting him shoot towards me. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm beside him or behind him. One of the two. I got you. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't want to take a freaking bolt to the face. <laughs> well, but we... uh, so it's been cool. Just haven't seen the deer he's been after or a deer for him to shoot. And then the deer I'm after aren't really around right now. So, yeah, kind of the same situation. I've every time uh, Sunday, we're recording this on the 20th. Sunday, I will over the weekend. I went up. Uh, I, I got through all my stuff and I was feeling better. And uh, so we went up north to do some work up there. And uh, I was able to hunt Saturday morning. And I saw quite a few doe and stuff, but uh, nothing that tickled my fancy. But anyway, so I get back Sunday, and I get back pretty early, and uh, I was like, man, I'd really like to go hunt tonight, but I didn't even ask. I was like, I'm not going to do it, you know. She just let me go up north. Yeah, she just let me go up north. We've been going, you know, through this whole COVID crap and stuck in the house and blah, 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 and I'm like, I'm just not even going to ask. Sure enough, one of my target bucks shows up right underneath one of my stands with, you know, 30 minutes of daylight left and that sort of thing so that that kind of was a little stick in the side but that's dude i'm telling you that's what sucks about cell cams this year yep it feels like we're having a crappy or an unlucky year because every night we're not able to hunt it seems like the deer we're after are there Mm -hmm. i guarantee it's no different than any other year oh oh, yeah we just don't you don't put the pieces it's just not as obvious as as it is this year because you're never freaking sitting there on that Friday night or whatever, <clears throat> and getting that picture, knowing exactly where you are at that moment, right? Which is not in the tree stand, but la- you know, years before, I guarantee you, the same things were happening. We're just like we're really feeling the unluckiness right now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like you said, it's no different than any other year. I so. bet you money. Yeah. So let's let's talk about today's show. Our buddy Kyle Hankins with the Boot Hill Hunting Camp Podcast. If you can't figure it out by the name, they're another Missouri-based podcast. Down south. Down in the boot Probably hill. Probably close to the boot <laughs> hill. And uh, Kyle is a, a great guy. We met him 
at the Heartland Bowhunter premiere. Yep, super up here nice this guy. Year. Uh, hit it off with them. Really like them. I love their podcast. They are just like us, really. Just yeah. a bunch of buddies that uh, BS for an hour or so every every week. And uh, we're going to talk about a few things with him. He went on a uh, upland bird hunt for the first time in his life in South Dakota. So we kind of talk about that. Um, I learned about what a prairie chicken is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he kind of schooled yeah. us on that one. Yeah, when you'll hear he that. He schooled himself, too, on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get into, you know, just kind of how he's approaching the season right now yep. as it sits October 20th or like a week from now when this comes out. So um, before we get into it, got one sponsor for today's show, Cutty Back Digital. Yep. Uh, go check them out. Uh, you can save yourself 10% if you put in the code M-M-O-W-W-20. Nope. M- M-Shit. We're really... M- ba- M-W-W-21. You sure? Probably. I probably had to look that up. <laughs> We're really bad about remembering... How, how is it going lo- further in the year and I forget the... I'm pretty sure it's M-O-W-W... It is M-O-W-W-21. Okay. M-O-W-W-21. Twenty-one. You can save yourself ten percent. Like you said, we we talk about the cell cameras. We love them. We really do. It's a love hate relationship, but it's really just a love them. And you know, it kind of helps you put the pieces together in real time. So you know, go check them out. They're pretty sweet. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, it's October twentieth. So if you don't have cameras out, you're probably not going to put them out for this year. But hey, right? Um, I'm sure they're you know running sales at some point too, but. We've both been happy with them. So. Yeah. No, and I haven't had any problems as far as getting Knock pictures or, you know, anything like that. Everything's linked up still. Batteries are still great. My uh, my home camera does show an external pack now being low. Oh, really? So it's been four months, and it's the home camera. So that's right. the cell cam. The, the one that obviously sent, does most of the work. So I'm, I can't decide if I'm just going to let it die and see how long it lasts with a low warning. Because I'm not, I'm still not real good with them yet, so I don't know if my external pack is now low. And then after it dies, will it use the batteries in the camera? Yeah, that'd be a question we need to yeah ask, ask our our contact there. But um, anyway, check them out. Uh, don't want to waste much more time before the show. Gonna be a good one. Kyle Hankins with the Boot Hill Hunting Camp Pod, Hunting Camp Podcast. My bad. You ready to start this? Let's do this. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, with us tonight, we got Kyle Hankins with the Boot Hill Hunting Camp Podcast. Kyle, what's up, man? What's up, buddy, man? I appreciate y'all having me on. I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of y'all. So I love listening to y'all every week, and uh, it's an honor to be on, man. Thanks for having me. We're a pretty big deal, aren't we? <laughs> We're huge. <laughs> appreciate uh, no, no, we appreciate that, though, man, for sure. No, we actually, uh, funny story, we might even talked about this on one of our shows. We met Kyle up at the Heartland Bowhunter premiere. Yep. Um, during the summertime i think micah posted a picture yeah I, I was in line or whatever and i posted a picture and then all of a sudden this big old guy hey where's missouri woods and water at <laughs> like, that's that's me <laughs> yeah so we uh we sat in front of you and kind of talked a little bit that night and we talked about doing podcasts together uh that night and uh, as you know in the podcast world sometimes stuff gets in the way and 
Um, when you know uh, you yeah. can, when you know you can probably get somebody on. Sometimes they get set on the back burner, and uh, so we're oh, yeah. we're just now finally doing this together. Yep. Hey man, it's it's. I know exactly what you mean. I've got. I had two people message me today and like, we're gonna record. I'm like, man, I I, I to put you on the schedule. I'm I'm full, man. It's it's. I'm yeah. just some. It's hot sometimes. It's not sometimes. You know. Yeah, and like the way we like to do it, I don't like recording you know, like five shows ahead. ahead. Yeah, we kind of like to stay within a week or two. That way, you know, most of the time what we're talking about is at least a little going on relevant. Yeah. So, yeah, which makes it harder. But all right, before we get into today's show, we're going to talk about all kinds of fun stuff that you've been doing. Um, Introduce yourself. Tell us about uh, y'all. Tell us about your podcast. Your podcast is another Missouri-based podcast. Um I think you're the same as us. We're all big supporters of other Missouri guys and gals out there uh, putting in work and, and trying this uh, outdoor world, I guess you'd call it, right? Yeah, I don't know. Out. And so, anyway, before we get into it, introduce yourself and tell us about Boot Hill Hunting Camp. Man, I'm like I said, Kyle Southeast Missouri. Uh, a lot of people – I live south of Popper Bluff, about 25 miles southeast of Popper Bluff. Uh we started the podcast a little over a year ago. Uh, my my passion and, and my goal is to bring awareness of uh, the loss of hunting license we experience every year, and that's due to iPads and iPhones. I think so. Our kind of our mission, our end goal, is to get kids and uh, back into uh, hunting and fishing and get them off the iPhones and iPads. And and we work year round to see that, that happens. We try. We try to take four or five kids that may not ever have a chance to go to some broken home or something. We try to give four or five kids every year a chance to uh, to get out in the woods and uh, and hunt a little bit, learn how to clean deer and harvest an animal and stuff. And you know, stuff like that goes a long way in a kid's mind. And uh, last year we took uh, I think we had five or six out last year, and, and uh, one boy he, he got a doe, and man, it was it was awesome. Uh, but that's kind of what we uh, we also you know we cut up and drink beer of course you know and have a good time and, and tell jokes and probably cuss a little too much on our podcast but uh, <laughs> at the end of the day we're we're all about getting kids back into hunting you know and, and uh, spreading the word like if you look at the numbers uh, in 2018 uh, from 2018 to 2019 we lost three million uh, license sales in the United States 2019 2020 we lost uh, a little over four million and this year. Right now, the numbers are like we're up uh, 0.08%. We're up. We're not down. So that's a blessing. And because, uh, you know, once we once uh, we get outnumbered by the non-hunters, we're pretty much screwed. So, uh, yeah, that's yeah. our goal, man. Well, and you got a great show. It's one of the shows I listen to. Um, and I do think it's a lot of the reason I like it is because you all do cut up. Uh, um, I don't know what yeah. your relationships are, but you're kind of – honestly, you're, you're like us. You know, we're just friends yeah. – sitting here bullshitting most yep. times we're doing shows learning whoever our guest is learning with the people uh right along that are listening to us so that's what we have so much fun and i think it comes across in your show too you guys are having fun yeah and that's why it's fun yeah, well we we got the core four and you know it's me and the predator assassin is, is we call him the predator assassin is my brother uh he's my older brother we call him the predator assassin because he loves predator hunt. He can call him in, but he can't shoot for shit. So he never kills one. <laughs> so we kind of, we kind of give him hell about never, not ever killing a coyote or a fox or anything. We call him the predator assassin. Then we got 
Joey Kerprain, we call him Yo-Yo. He's he's one of my oldest friends. Uh, we've known each other since we was knee-high to the grasshopper. He's a hell of a hunter. I've learned a lot from him. He is a, He's one of them kind of no-nonsense hunter. You know, he plays he plays the wind, and, I mean, he, he's really detailed in his hunting, and, and you can learn a lot from him if you listen to him or hang around him for a little while. You can learn a lot from him. But uh, And the other one's Dylan the Mullet Perkins, and uh, he's, a young, he's a young cat of the bunch. But uh, he's, he's hitting the ground running. He just got out of stand a little bit ago. He didn't have no luck either. But yeah, man, we we, we have a good time. We like to cut up. Uh, we we love to cut up, have a good time. And our whole goal is like it don't have to be a, a 160 or 180 for us to kill it. You know, we we love the camaraderie. We love the deer camp feel. We love killing shit. We love eating shit. It's just you know whatever whatever makes us happy. Whatever gets that heart pumping, man, we'll pull the trigger on one. It don't matter to us. Yep, so I agree. Plus, it's your tag, right? It ain't mine. Yeah, like that's yeah, yeah. That's not okay. It's Hunter, man. That 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 that's pretty cool what they're doing. Uh, yep, I really, I, yeah, I really want to get one of their hoodies. That yes. saying making sure you don't make it to three or something like that. I can't <laughs> yeah. remember. It's got a little spike buck or whatever. I, I want to get one so yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. They they have that. Uh, they have that one with a like a, a spike shed on it, and it says it's your tag. Feel it how you want to. Yep, and that, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I mean, that's how we've always been. Is if, I mean, as long as you're being legal with it and ethical, I don't care what you do, it's your tag. I mean, every yeah. everybody is out there for a different reason. You know, some people might be out there for a 200-inch deer. Some are out there for their first deer. I mean, it just it, – some are in mm-hmm. southeast Missouri, some are in central Missouri. Those are two different areas. I mean, so yeah. it is what it is. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of people's problem. Not, not, so, not so much a problem around here, but – a lot of people around here pass up, uh, I'd say 140, 160 inch deer because they think we got 200 walking around out here. We don't. They, they're going to look the rest of their life in Southeast Missouri, 100 inch deer, and they're very few and far between. It's like a unicorn around here. Right. But there's so many people that think they're, there's so many people that think they're out there. And I'm like, man, you know, I've seen some deer passed up around here that toads. And I'm like, why? Well, you know, <laughs> and then, the, and on the next hand, that and and then after that, they don't even fill their tag, so that creates more does for next year. You know, they could at least whack a doe and help us help us thin some of them things out. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's different strokes, different folks. They can shoot what they want, you know. But a lot of people's on the quest for that 200 inch deer, and, and they're just not down here in Southern Missouri. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, 160 inch deer walks in front of me. Yeah, 160s don't get a pass in my book. I don't care. That's a badass yeah, uh, deer. Yeah, the, the the deer I missed three years ago. If you listen to our podcast much at all, you the guys give me shit about it quite often. Uh, I missed the biggest deer of my life. I thought it, I pretty I'm pretty sure it was elk when it came out. I thought it was an elk, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I shot right over. I forgot my rangefinder. I put the uh, I put the pin on him. Shot right over his back. He was uh, he was a little bit closer than I thought he was, and he my buddy shot him two weeks later. During the opener of rifle season, my buddy shot him. He, he scored 148 and a little change. But I thought that deer was – I mean, when it come out, dude, I thought it was like a – I couldn't imagine – what I'm trying to say, I couldn't imagine seeing a 160 or 180 no. or something come out. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd probably shit my pants. People do not realize what a 140-inch – how big 140-inch deer, deer really yeah. is. You know, everybody's like, exactly. oh, that, that deer is, you know – 
140 inches isn't big. Have you actually seen 140 inch deer? It's a solid deer. because those right, are solid sure. deer. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're big ones. It's a uh, it's nothing to shake at, you know. And then I you know I see people the old timers around here and they have the trail camera pictures and they show me pictures of deer and yada 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 and we we let him walk and I'm like why why would you do that? <laughs> you know, shoot it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Right. He, he's gonna look real good on your wall, man. I promise. <laughs> Yep. Right, yeah, I get it. I was uh, I, I seen a little slick in tonight. I was getting itchy fingered just watching it. I've been waiting to get a doe. I, I, I always try to get at least one doe, one buck a year, uh, just to fill the freezer and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I was really tempted the other day. I was out at uh, one of my spots, and I had a few walk by, and I could. I was just like. I was sweating in the tree stand. I was like, I really do not want to mess with it just yet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait until that temperature drops a little bit more before I, you know, put one, put an arrow in one. So, I, uh, I took my son out today, and we'll get into that later. I know you get into whitetail, so let's you know talk about the trip I just got back from, huh? Yeah, let's let's talk about because uh, neither of us have ever done this, and this was your first time doing it, right? Yeah. Yeah, my first time doing it. So let's, uh, yeah, let's talk yeah, about that because we're going to learn a lot. Because uh, oh, I already learned one thing. We'll get into that in a second. But what'd you just get back from okay. doing? <laughs> Me and a, a really good friend of mine, Tim Brown, who runs the Heartland Legacy Podcast. We met last year at the Iowa Deer Classic along with Jeremy Bauer, Nolan Roasting, uh, Josh Turner, all the Wapsie Bottom boys, and we all got together at the Iowa Deer Classic. Kind of, we all just fell in there, and we're all really good friends now. Well, Tim has been inviting me up to go hunting forever. We're going to go on up to Iowa to a pheasant hunt in December. All of us are going up there and kind of have like a guy's weekend and kill some birds and stuff. Well, <clears throat> Tim's brother had to work or got, had to back out or something from their annual trip to the, to the national grasslands in South Dakota. And about, it's right about mid South Dakota. It's uh, Fort Pierre national grasslands. <laughs> so they, uh, his brother backed out of that. So. I said, well, man, if you, I'm not going to invite myself. I said, but I, I guess I am. Uh, if you want somebody to go, if you want somebody to go, I'll go with you, you know, because it's always been, a, I've never been up from bird hunting. We don't have uh, pheasants and quail and, and stuff like that down here. And he was like, oh, man, come on, go with me. So I was like, all right, well, we bought the tag. I bought the tag when I took vacation days and uh, left and we went up there. I met him at his house and the next morning we drove to South Dakota. And we was hunting prairie chickens and grouse. And I th- I'm like you, I thought prairie chickens just like a, kind of like a catch-all for. Yeah, I you know, just pheasant. thought that's what a pheasant, like that was like a, what is that That's called? just what a, they called them, you a know. A street name for a pheasant or some shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know the prairie uh, chicken was a real thing. <laughs> it's a real thing. And uh, there's a lot of them out there, supposedly. We didn't, no, we've we seen quite a few of them. Hey, here's a dumbass uh, question. What does a prairie chicken look like? Oh, man, you got, it's a. I'm gonna Google it while you're saying that. Kind of like, yeah, Google it, Google it. It's it's weird as hell. Uh, so we went out there, and now to, to back up a little bit, I've looked at Tim's YouTube page and past hunts and stuff. He's been out there. He just goes out there and cleans up on. I mean, his him and his brother shot a limit. His limit's three apiece. Him and his brother shot a limit last year in nine minutes. Oh, I mean, wow. it just it was that it was that quick. So of course this year when Ocala decided to go. It's the worst conditions ever, hot as it's ever been. Yeah. I have yeah, seen those they, before. I didn't yeah, know that's what they were called. I didn't, I didn't know they were called prairie chickens. They're, 
their throats puff up real big like this when they yeah. when they start to call you hear that noise it's pretty wild they're actually kind of pretty so go, yeah yeah i was hoping to get one to mount but we never like the big male prairie chickens <laughs> are the real pretty ones they, they like people like to mount but we never to get a big pretty one hmm. i'll be damned so half, half our listeners are like you guys are stupid as hell you didn't know a prairie chicken existed <laughs> so, so we went out there and like i said the first last several years tim's been out there with his brother they just cleaned up on them and as luck would have it i go out there and it's like the worst condition just the hottest it's ever been this particular week of october we ended up walking almost we walked a little over 40 miles uh in four days oh wow and we killed we killed three. Oh. And we had like Tim's dogs are like really good dogs. I mean, they're German short hair pointers. And, and they, they, they know what they're doing. Hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, they know what they're doing. But I, I guess, you know, the the heat, when it gets real hot, it's hard for uh, real hot, low moisture. It's real hard for dogs to pick up on their scent. And uh, they're under, been in drought condition out there. The hatch wasn't real good, so a lot of factors contributed into it. But I done it. I seen it. It was it was a fun time. Uh, we, we cooked a bunch of good food, had some drinks. Uh, spent a week out there in a really cool mom and pop motel. I got to see the grasslands, which I've always wanted to see. But you can mark me off the list. I won't never go back and do it again. <laughs> I seen it. I seen it. Done it. Yeah. I'm done. I seen it. I seen it. I got souvenirs. And uh, old fat boy here is no longer. I'm, I'm good on the walk of the grasslands. Just imagine looking out your door into a thousand acre field full of grass, and the grass is about knee high. And your buddy says, "Man, we start walking this way, and it's just zigzag all the way across it." <laughs> and there's, it's, it's, it's screwed up there's, but there's no there's no hot area or you know there there's no area where you think they might be they could just be anywhere out there. right and it's hundreds of thousands of acres you know it's like how do you decide where to walk right you know it yeah. ain't it's, it ain't for me man my fat ass would starve if i had to survive <laughs> off prairie chickens and grouse because they're there are a few and far between. And then another thing, I didn't know this either. So we get out of the truck and we walk. We're walking towards a big ass hill. And them hills are uh they're uh I don't I don't, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. They don't look as big as they are until you get about halfway of them. They're deceiving. And your heart starts having little murmurs. Yeah, yeah, deceiving. Yeah. And your heart starts having little murmurs and you you start see start seeing dots and shit, you know, you're like, <laughs> Man, that's a that was a big old hill, you know? So but anyways we go out and we're walking towards the top of this hill because Tim says, you know, they, the wind and blah, blah, blah. They're on the backside of these hills out of the wind. So we'll walk, you know, all this upland bird shit that I don't know nothing about. So we take off walking and we get like a mile, nah, about a half mile from the top of this hill and prairie chickens and grouse just go everywhere, like a half mile away. And they fly up flush. And, I mean, they're just going everywhere. Of course, not in range, you know, way, way off. I told Tim, I said, man, uh, what happened there? He said, they must have seen us. I was like, seen us? Grass is a damn knee high. That's <laughs> mile away from it. He said, man, they got really good vision. I said, man, it's like, it's like hunting turkeys that can fly for a long ways away. You know, exactly what it was. I'm like, if they got that good eyesight, I ain't never going to shoot one of some bitches. Because my 300-pound ass 
My 300 pound ass, they can see me coming for a while. You know, and you got to wear orange. You got to wear 50% of your vest has got to be orange. So I look like a pumpkin out there. I'm like, well, they're they going to spot me. They're going to spot me from a good little piece away. Oh, man. It's like we're in trouble. Oh, yeah. It makes me feel good. Yeah, so- like, hearing that story, what, I'm just like you. I would try it, and I, I'd probably have fun, yeah, yeah. but. It, it's nice to know that, uh, you know, we're not the only ones who haven't done everything and not everything like you experience is, uh, exactly what you, uh, would want, you know, like you did it, you're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's me, you know, like, and, and I, and I loved him to death, loved him like a brother, great dude. I've seen pictures and videos and stuff. I mean, they, they kill a lot of birds. They do. It was just, it wasn't in the cards that week, particular week we went. They are ate up with it. Like as soon as they got back, as soon as me and Tim got back home, he was already planning his next trip to go out there. I'm like, more power to you. You know, you got to have that. It's like anything. You got to have that passion. You got to have that fire burning inside you. And for, unfortunately for me, that I don't have that fire. My fire is spent on turkeys and, and deer and, and ducks every once in a while and stuff. But yeah, I'm, I'm seen it, done it. Not not going not going back. I can I can picture you now seeing those birds fly off, and you're like. What happened there? He saw us. <laughs> saw us? Yeah. He said, that's awesome. Like, they saw us. That's a half mile away, man. And these damn things can see pretty good. And, they're, you know, they're sta- they was in that tall grass, too. I'm like, well, they got some hellacious, they got some hellacious eyes. But, no, we, it, it was cool to go out there and see all that, man. And the crazy thing was, uh, like, I kept telling all the locals around there, Fort Pierre is a beautiful little town in the middle of the grasslands. And they take so much pride in the town. There's no gum on the sidewalk. There's no trash in the parking lot. Everybody is is very well kept. All the yards are well maintained. The grocery stores, gas stations, everything is well maintained. I mean, it's it's beautiful out there. And you know, you, we drove all over the grasslands, and there is a we didn't find not one piece of trash. I mean, people take care of their stuff, you know, and to to have several hundred thousand acres and not have one piece of trash or nothing, you know. If I was in Southeast Missouri, there'd be like three or four cars on blocks. There'd be some couches out there where they burn <laughs> up, you know, and just, you know, meth heads be out there, have a little lab on one side of the pond out there. And, but man, they, they take all jokes out. They take really good care of their, their, their place out there. And I would love to go back to Fort Pierre because there's a lot of antelopes out there. Oh, cool. So I'd like to go out there and try. Yeah, I would try I'd that like out. Try to antelope hunter. I would definitely yeah. try that out, you know, and uh, I mean, you know, if you didn't have the cars on blocks, and all the trash it wouldn't be home am i right <laughs> exactly yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. but that is a novel concept that. picking af- after yourself and ha- keeping things nice isn't that isn't that interesting how that works hey, that's uh that's a that's a thing of the past anymore man especially around here uh, <clears throat> i mean we got some beautiful country in southeast Missouri. don't get me wrong but there's a lot of knuckleheads out here too that like to trash shit up quite a bit so yeah i get you I get you. Well, that's fun. I wanted to hear about that because I knew you were doing it, and I knew you'd never done it before. And then you said prairie chickens before we started recording. I'm like, is is he talking about quail? I thought he was talking about pheasants. And then, <laughs> yeah. No, you're like, no, prairie chickens. I'm like, oh, so you mean pheasants? And you're like, no, prairie, prairie chickens. chickens. It's I'm a like, thing. Are, no, you, like, are you screwing with me right now? <laughs> there, there was one cool thing. At the hotel that we stayed at, Was uh, it was full of hunters. And there was a lot of prairie dog hunters out there that come down. It's just like there's prairie dogs everywhere. Uh-huh. And these guys have like this, these two old men, they've been doing this for like 19 years, been taking a trip down there every year for like 19 years. And they's, uh, 
they have a uh, five or six different calipers of guns in the back of their trucks and they shoot these prairie chick or prairie dogs at like six, seven, 800 yards. And then some of them, they have like competitions out there where they judge them and uh, measure them with lasers. And like the highest one out there this year so far, it's like 1300 yards with 6.5 three point. Damn. Prairie, wow. prairie dog right in the head. I'm like, dang, oh, that's a pretty good little clip. 13, I, I wouldn't win that contest years. either. <laughs> no, that, no, you gotta be pretty serious about that stuff. Start popping little prairie dogs that far. Yeah, they said they'll shoot prairie dogs. That, the prairie dogs come out about ten o'clock in the morning. They'll shoot prairie dogs all afternoon, and then the next morning they'll get there at daylight and shoot the coyotes off the prairie dogs. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I could neat, see myself kind of liking that. That would it'd be a lot of yeah, fun. That, yeah, yeah, it'd be fun. I mean, yeah, it'd be a lot of fun in there. But they, the only bad thing is they said where the uh, prairie. They call them towns where the prairie dog towns are, which is like a big old field full of mounds and stuff, you know, and you'll see prairie dogs running everywhere when you drive past them. But they said there's a lot of rattlesnakes out there, so I don't know if I'd be in on that or not. Yeah. No, I would never get close to the town, I can tell you that. I ain't going to mess with no snake. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm out on that too. Bunch of babies. I'm telling you, snakes especially are... a freaking venomous snake. I'm, yeah, I'm snakes, good, dude. Snakes have never really bothered me. Yeah, until one bites you in the ass and it's venomous. <laughs> Well, don't be an idiot. <laughs> uh, so, let me ask y'all something before we – let me – I'm taking control like it's my podcast. Hey, I'm sorry. I, I love it. Have, it. have at it. Let me ask y'all something before uh, we switch gears into Whitetail. Yeah, I heard y'all's elk episode, and, man, uh, patience. Y'all's got some killer patience, huh? No, I think that's my, I think we're I just think idiots. My problem. I think we're idiots is the problem. <laughs> no, man, I mean – when I was listening to the episode, dude, I was like, man, that's heartbreaking. You know, so many opportunities and you still go back, still go back, still go back. But one thing I didn't hear in that episode was that last year, year four last, have y'all killed elk out there when you went? Yeah, uh, not Micah and I, but our, our group, our, our brother-in-law killed one. Yeah. What was that? Uh, two years ago, Pat killed one. Russell killed a bull the year before that. So we we had been successful out there. Yeah. Cool. That's Just, cool. That's uh. That's all, definitely on my bucket list. We're going to go, uh, we're all putting in for mule deer tags this year. I think five or six of us is going to go to uh, South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And we got we got another guy I met at the Heartland Bowhunter thing. He kind of he kind of been uh, steering me in the right direction, sharing some waypoints with me. And we're going to try to go out there and kill a, a muley on a public ground. But elk is definitely on the bucket list. I'd love to go out there and do it, man. It'd be, yeah. it'd be fun as I mean, adult. it's got to be fun if we'll – if we'll keep going out there and beating our heads against the wall with a you right. know less than 3% chance of killing an elk every year and we we keep going which is i, I think why it was probably what do you what was the word maybe heartbreaking this year yeah that uh at least you know i was within half a second probably of pulling the trigger and Micah oh, yeah, was within yeah. uh what do you think another second after that yeah on pulling, the you know, and, and it's just like what in the hell like and then i had all them spikes in front of me yeah i had the cow that i i mean that was just a weird deal that you know just so didn't see a cow out there yeah 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 we, where we go yeah. it's uh any tag so you can get you know cow or you didn't want a cow or i didn't have a shot opportunity my bow was on the ground it was raining i couldn't hear yeah, nothing I remember, yeah I remember couldn't hear it and i looked behind me and I'm like, oh Oh shit! There she is. <laughs> it was just like, oh, now what? So I was just kind of screwed from the get go. Hey, I, I know y'all. I know y'all probably don't think this when you're recording because I do the same thing with my podcast. But 
when you that elk episode, it, it was a really, really good one because y'all do a great job of, uh, of uh, painting the picture, man. I felt like I was out there on the mountainside with you. So it was pretty good details, man. I enjoyed the stories. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I appreciate hearing that because sometimes we feel like we. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, whenever we get to BSing and stuff, they're like, "Man, does anybody really like listening to this stuff?" But <laughs> or do they understand yeah, what in the hell we're talking about anymore? Right. But. We're the same way, man. When I put out an episode, when I put out an episode, it's kind of like, eh, it was all right, and then that's when we get the most messages and stuff, you know. Yeah, I get it's you. It's weird. It's weird. You know? Let's talk about catching deers. Catching um, deers and drinking <laughs> beers, man. <laughs> uh all right so we're recording uh tonight tonight's october 20th this episode with you will come out uh about six days from now i think so you know it'll be october let's say 26th when this comes out uh this is that time of year that i get impatient because i'm like oh man it's it's right before the rut you know it's all things are getting exciting. things are starting to happen and uh that's a lot of times when I transition my, uh, what do you call it, my tactics, quote unquote, from kind of the early season stuff I try to do, and kind of moving into rut type tactics, I guess you'd call it. Um, where you hunt, how do you handle this type this time of year? What, how do you go about it? Well, the uh, like tonight, me and my boy went out and we, we sit on food plot. Uh, I, the, the big thing with me is I was fortunate enough a couple years ago to, uh, lucked into 98 acres of hunting. And, uh, so I've got the, I run the show on that 98 acres. It's just me and, uh, the owner, he hunts out there a little bit, but not much. Uh, so I, I've got some hellacious food plots out there and I've also got some pretty good timber hunting. I recently went to sell cameras. I got a couple, uh, <laughs> I've heard about your uh... cameras. I'm, I'm your problems with cell cams this year <laughs> yeah uh i'm hoping to go with the cuttybacks next year by the uh hopefully by the by next year i'll have i have a whole cuttyback system cutting link system that's what i'm shooting for i hear the guys y'all talking about them quite a bit man they're pretty nice because i've had some i've had some hellacious time with cell cameras this year but uh anyways we went to cell cameras, so I got cell cameras in the woodlot behind me. It's kind of like their bedding area in their honey hole. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, I'm always stuck between a rock and hard spot. I don't know if I want to hunt the plots or hunt the timber. So like the last few nights, well, the last nine days, I've been in West Texas hunt or West Texas work. And I've been getting camera or pictures off my cell cam of a pretty good eight point out there at night between six and six thirty, right in front of one of my stands. That's, so that's dead time, tonight, baby. <laughs> yeah. So tonight, my boy, uh, my eleven year old, he's just getting into hunting. So he went with me. He was wanting to shoot a deer. He never killed one. So I was saying that it's it's not a huge eight. I, I mean, I'm not probably not going to shoot him myself, but if he wants to shoot something, that's fine. Shoot that, you know. I'll let him. So I was thinking we'll go out there tonight. He'll come back out with all them does. If he don't come out, at least get a doe. Uh, he didn't come out. And three does come out like five thirty. That was it. I mean, the, the conditions were perfect tonight, but it was full moon last night. They fed all night. I got a shit ton of pictures this morning when I woke up. The deer fed all night long. So I mean, I wish I could say there's a, there's a foolproof plan that I go by and there's something like I just got some magic tactic I do, but I really don't. I just I'm trying to figure out. I try to figure out what's best. You know, the plots or the timber. Uh, but I do start saying out later 
during the rut. A lot of my buddies around here, like Yo Yo, he'll stay out all day long, get him back to sardines and a can of any sausages. He'll sit out all day long. I can't do that. I'll sit out for three or four hours in the morning, three or four hours in the evening. And when they are fires and through lunch or something like that. But uh, I really don't have a, a foolproof plan for the rut. I'm learning as I go. You know, it's only my fourth or fifth year bow hunting. Uh, so it's just, I did, I did put some mock scrapes out this year. So I'm starting to watch them and uh, learn that, learning more and more about how to do mock scrapes. I message uh, quite a few of my buddies trying to get an overall idea of what I want to do and stuff like that. But uh, well, I mean, and- what, what about you? What do y'all start doing now that you wasn't doing the first week of October? Well, I was going to say this. This is probably actually for us three, all three of us sitting here, this is the first year all three of us have used cell cams. Yep. Uh, we've never had cell cams before this year and it sounds like you hadn't either. So you kind of are learning a whole new way to hunt because like before I would just go check my cameras once every six weeks or whatever. And I'd have been like, Oh shit, that deer was daylighting three and a half weeks ago for four, for four or five Mm -hmm. straight days or whatever. Well, that's over by then. Well, yeah, then you know, now I'm getting photos of the deer I want to kill, and I'm like, oh, crap, he was there last night. I'm going to go tonight if the conditions are right. Oh, crap, he was there on Friday, you know, and you don't. So I think that probably changes a little bit of the tactics because, all right, he's been in front of this stand for however many nights now, whereas last year I wouldn't have even worried about, like, where the buck was. I'd worry about where – and I'm talking about in the rut now. Like if if you're starting to, to hunt rut activity, I kind of focus on the does. Like where are they at? Where yeah. are they bedded? And I'll try to set up somewhere, you know, off wind of them so that I can catch a buck coming in and checking scent. But now, yeah. honestly, with cell cam, it's kind of messed my mind up. I mean, has it messed you a little? I mean, you know, yeah. not in a bad way. It's just – you get more information that you normally don't have, I guess, is Quick, what I'm trying to quicker say. Quicker, too. You know, yeah, it's, it's real like, time. Like, you get a photo, not real time, ours is like an hour afterwards, but you get a picture and to your email or whatever, right, Kyle? And you look yeah. at it, and your mind registers an hour ago, today, this is what's happening. And you know, you know, yeah. you know the conditions you're sitting in that day, you know what day of the week it is. And so it's like my my mind has this little uh, Rolodex forming every time I get photos. And I'm like, okay, that little buck's showing up every night. Whereas before, you would go pull cards, let's say after f- four weeks. And you would just run through those pictures as quick as you could looking for bucks, right? And then you'd yep. save that picture of a buck. Well, you didn't really paint yourself a picture running through all them pictures as quick or uh, yeah, paint yourself a picture of what's going on. Right, you're kind of like okay. running through those. Yeah. You might have might have reckoned, oh, well, it was this day or whatever or this time, yeah. but you're not putting yeah, all. That, that, yeah, not that's putting. That's a good all. point. Yeah, yeah. I never would have noticed the times that I seen that buck. Like every night, you know, past five or six nights, I seen it from six to six thirty. I probably never would have noticed that. Like you said, if I was going trying to go through four or five weeks of pictures, right? I'd have just seen the whole thing. Like, yep, he was there. He was there. He was there. He was there. But yeah, I see what you're getting at there too. But then the thing, like, yo, he he likes cell cams. He does, but he also likes going out there not knowing what's out there. You know, he yeah. he likes you know he likes just being the the, the surprise of it. Uh, but another thing that got me like tonight, 
I would have lost a paycheck. If I, I would have bet that buck would have come out tonight, I'd have lost a paycheck, you know? Uh, but I think they was in the timber behind me, but since now, since I got a cell cam, I, you know, I played the, I played the food plot and they, yeah. they, I guarantee they was in the timber behind me. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. Sometimes you think about it. Yeah. Cause like, are you making decisions based on the cell cam pictures Whereas last year or previous years, I would make a decision based on conditions. the conditions and what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, all right, it's 45 degrees outside. I got a southwest wind. I think the does are over there. I'm going to go here because that's where I think I'm going to see a buck. Now, mm-hmm. I'm getting all these freaking pictures. And I'm – and. You you kind of did the same thing tonight, maybe. Whereas, like, if you didn't have a cell cam, would you have maybe went into the timber? I mean, I don't know. You only you'll know that. Yeah. Even then, I don't know if you can really answer that because you got a cell cam now. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, you know, it's so like I think we're all kind of learning how to hunt with a cell cam now. Yeah, it's definitely different. You know, I've, and I found myself hunting a little less than I normally would. A, just because life gets in the way, but B, I, I still haven't gotten the, I'll get a picture of a buck every once in a while, you know, random, mm-hmm. but I haven't got a consistent, he's showing up at this time and or whatever. So I'm like, what's the point of really going out there just yet? You know, what do I want to wait yeah. and wait till it gets hot and they're more consistent or do I still want to go out there and just give it a you know college try or whatever yeah so and yeah, years before you would have went hunting and years before i would have went hunting yeah, yeah. i would have just i'm like well yeah. I, I, I got i got the free time i can go i'll go you know but like that eight point i killed last year i knew he was i knew he was in the area i knew for a fact he was uh, i had a camera where i thought he was going through and i had it there for a while never did get him never did get on him never did get on him I was listening to somebody's podcast and they were talking about camera placement. And so I just put a camera on the back side of the same tree. I faced one camera to the north, one camera to the south. And I just, you know, and two days later I had him on camera. He was coming through there. He'd been coming through there for a while, but he was skirting right past the camera, you know. So if you go to rely on cameras too much, you know, you get you're right, you, dude. You're gonna Yeah, it's it's you're gonna you, you might bite yourself a butt or you know, it may pay off big time, but like I never would have knew that eight what was using that area if I'd there. I'm like, he's gotta be using this. Right. And uh I couldn't ever get him on picture. Like I said, and then I put a camera on the back side of the tree and there he was. That's another good point. Let's think like if let's say you're hunting twenty acres of timber and you've got ten cameras in there. Well, each of those cameras covers a certain, you know, swatch. You're covering an acre, maybe. You're covering like an acre, maybe tops. Right, tops. Of actual land. You know, they can definitely scoot around there and not get a picture of them if they don't want to. Yeah. So. So it's, and uh, Kyle has frozen, so I don't know if we just lost him or not. You yeah, still, we did. You still there, Kyle? Nope. We'll be back, folks. All right, we're back. We lost Kyle. That's how technology works when two people trying to do a Zoom call that both live in the <laughs> sticks. That's what yeah, happens. <laughs> for sure. Um, but what I was saying uh, right when we lost you, I was talking about, you know, if you got a 20-acre 
piece of timber, let's say that you're hunting and you got 10 cameras on it. At the very most, you're covering maybe an acre worth of, what do you call it? Area. Area, you know, with those cameras. You know, a camera only sees so many feet by so many feet. And, you know, so a lot of people, and me included, rely on that camera way, way more than you really should, I guess, uh, if it's a cell cam or not. So, I mean, you make a good point. Sometimes we, well, maybe we should just hunt and stop worrying about what we see on camera. Yeah, that's that's very true. But and it took me a while to understand that and learn that. But that's the way I am now. You know, like just uh, there, there's that that food plot I got. There's twenty trails going into the food plot, and it's a four acre food plot. So I mean, it's gonna be hard to put a camera up every freaking trail. You know, they could be skipping by. Yeah, you know, your camera every day, and you would never know he was on Earth. Right. But yeah. I will say one thing, and if like I said, if, if my podcast guys will tell you. And if you listen to my podcast very much at all, you'll hear me talk about scent control uh, a lot. So I play uh, scent control is a huge part of my game now. Uh, I didn't really believe it back in the day. You know, daddy, daddy smoked Marlboro's, drank Budweiser, and killed deer and blah, blah, blah. You know, but now I see the results of having them scent crusher bags. I see the results of, uh, you know, ever calling on your boots and, and playing the wind and stuff. So my biggest thing going into the rut every year is to uh, – Really, really locked down my scent control game, and uh, the wind. You know, I uh, I play the wind big time. Tonight was a marginal wind. Uh, the only reason we went in there tonight that food plot is because, like I said, I had my kid with me, and I figured we can get a shot at that eight point. But uh, now I, I play the scent control game areas. Uh, there's a, a honey. I call it the honey hole. Uh, I got to stand back and way back in the timber and it's a really nice stand really nice setup uh i kind of got the stand in the wrong direction but it's one of them it's hard to explain it's like the only way the stand can work in that and particular really, spot yeah i get it yeah i was really excited about the stand last year and i only hunted it twice i had two sets in it all year last year i hadn't got to hunt it yet this year that sucks i know they go through there but I'm not I'm like now five years ago, I'd have been all up in there like Rambo. You know, I didn't give a shit what the wind was. If it was half ass, I was going in. But now, like, I know, I know, and I've watched and I've read and I've listened to enough to know better than to go in there and blow deer out on a stupid wind, you know. So I just let it set. And then when the wind's right, I go in there and hope I'll, I'll kill one, you know. But yeah. I, and I think we're, gesture. I think we're the both the same way with, you know, scent control, I mean, I I don't have scent crusher bags yet. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about them. Um, I I take, so like every day I, I well, basically during deer season, every day I shower, I shower in scent-free, like body wash now. I don't, I don't use like soap or face wash or shampoo that's got any scent in it. And then I only use like scent-free deodorant. Uh, during deer season instead of you know the normal whatever the hell i got and and then uh a lot of times and micah you might do this too i think i'll put my clothes outside and let them like just be like they're outside and then i i spray down every time i go hunt just with scent killer but um i've heard a lot of good things about scent crusher bags where um are you talking about like the duffel bag that you got or like a tote yeah i'm not the tote but the the duffel bag just 
six one way, half dozen the other. The tote works really well for me. Uh, if I tell you, like, all, all you really need to do is get like a, well, they have the in room, uh, the in room crushers. They're like $100. You plug them into the wall outlet. Mm-hmm. What I would do is I just, I, I got me one of them rubber made totes, one of them action packers, like get a Bass Pro Shops. It's got like the lock handles on both sides. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I throw, I got an extension cord and I, I plug it into that and I throw it, uh, I throw that set room crusher in that little tote, plug your extension cord up to the wall around a 15 minute cycle and just like have, but now that I got, you know, it's 230 bucks. If you don't want to spend that, get a hundred bucks. See if you're even going to like it. See if you believe in it. Because, I mean, I'm all about believing in something. I, these dudes don't sponsor me at all. I, don't, I make no money off them. But I'm telling you that the totes and the, the sinkers totes and sinkers bags are, are worth their money. Because I've seen a, I've used them now for two years. And I've seen a huge difference. And you know, the, the spunkiness of deer, I guess you could say, you know, you let those walk underneath you constantly and and man they, they don't they have a hard time smelling you if, yeah. you if you if you play your cards right you know yeah and it's funny when you start hunting the wind too you uh you notice what you can get away with in certain areas and what you can't anymore like there's one stand well you know what stand i'm talking about that double mm-hmm. uh i got one stand where it's right on the bottom side of a creek bank and the other side takes off uphill and so the top of that area is probably f- 40, 40 to 50 feet higher than where I'm at in the 20 foot up of my tree. And you're like, okay, well, typically the way that sits, you would not ever want to hunt a north wind because you're blowing area to the south of you out. Well, what happens is since I'm sitting right there on that steep bank, like a northwest wind and usually even a north wind will hit me It'll hit that creek and then just suck straight east and never goes up. And I learned that by starting to use milkweed. Y'all, y'all use milkweed ever with scent, um, like checking scent or uh, checking wind? Checking wind. No, I, I heard I heard you tell that same story on your podcast. You was talking about that that particular stand, and I and I heard y'all talking about milkweed. And I've never used it, but I, I like it. I you like gotta try it, it dude. It, it's I don't know. You know, you can you can buy it. There's a company that sells it, but dude, it's I can sit there and drop it, and I can watch it for 80 yards as as long as I can see it. And you can see every little thing the wind's doing and, you know, which different direction it's sucking up, it's sucking down. Whereas, I mean, I always use those. A uh, little powder for. The powder before, and, you know, it works, but it works for five feet, and then it's gone. Yeah, it dissipates. So you got to try that sometime. That's what I was, that's what I was using tonight. I got the cold blue uh, smoke detector thing, the little bottles, and, uh, like, on hunt stand, I used to be a firm believer on hunt stand on the wind direction and stuff. But man, they they've been letting me down here lately. Uh, uh, like tonight, it's supposed to have been a south wind, and but by, by the time about six o'clock, six fifteen, the wind was blowing straight west. And uh, you know, it, I know things change, but man, they've been wrong like three or four times here really, on our wind down here. So yeah, uh, you got um, yeah, what you get. It's kind of funny. You you figure out different uh, apps you like, and like uh, I use two different. App, well, I got HuntStand too. I haven't used it much this year, so I do pay for DeerCast because I you know, and I don't really pay attention to the if it says good or great or poor. But what I do look at is like the barometer, and then I'll yep. hit I'll hit on the hourly, and it'll show you the wind direction and speed every hour. 
Mm-hmm. It's got an arrow, and it's almost always correct. And then I've actually got a weather app called My Radar that has a feature that's called uh, that's got a wind feature, and you can actually zoom into where you are, and it'll show the way the wind's going in these little lines. And even if like it's moving different ways, uh, you might not be able to see that. Yeah, does it go you, off? You can't tell. Does it go, oh, off, yeah. does it go off topo too? I guess. Yeah. So like, if I zoom out right here, which I know the listeners can't see this, but Let's say there was like a front over here on the west. Uh-huh. You would see the wind like bowing oh, okay. over here, and uh, so like before I leave, <laughs> I'll check that. I'll check that deer cast, and then I'll check that and like zoom right into where my stand would be and be like, "Yeah, that's coming straight out of the west. That'll do exactly what I want." And when you're hunting, yeah. when you're hunting, like you got that 98 acres, you're starting to learn that property really well. I'm in my third or fourth year on this property. I'm hunting. So I'm starting to learn like what the wind does different ways, you know what I'm saying? And right. uh, I wouldn't hunt a northwest wind off that creek bank the same way I would on the top side because that wind's yeah. going to, you know, react differently. So it's uh I like that milkweed. Um I I would urge listeners to try out milkweed. There's different companies that sell it or go find it in a ditch. You're, if you're lucky enough <laughs> to live in a a field uh, my sons just go out and pick it off the fence row for me. <laughs> yeah, so. that's that's pretty handy. <laughs> yeah, that is nice. Now, uh, the uh, back to the wind though, it's it's the same way with me. Like at the small plot, I can hunt the small plot on marginal wind. The big plot is a lot different. Uh, that big field is it's huge, and and there's not a lot of cover, not a lot of breaks. But like in in the small food plot, like tonight, like. 6.15, 6.30, the wind will always switch and always swirl up top, it seems like. So, yep. I don't know. I guess I guess if, it, if everything was uh, if everything was cut and dry the same way every day, it wouldn't be no fun trying to go out and kill these things, you know. I mean, sometimes I feel like it would. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have to think as much. I, don't know. <laughs> I, know. I, yeah. uh, I guarantee you one thing. I, 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 I'm tired of a nose blowing at me. I can tell you that. Uh, yeah. One behind me, my boy was hunting a couple weeks ago in a blind man she was a long ways away she was blowing i don't know man i don't know if she just seen something she didn't like there's no way she could smell this but yeah uh so what do y'all do like if, you, if y'all get out there if you're hunting it i've heard people say they stick it out and stuff if you're out there at night or at, uh you know sundown or whatever and you got some does out in the field do you, do you wait them out to get down or you go ahead and get down uh i've done both to be honest with you i've waited them out because I could see them still, like, out in the field if I'm in the timber. Yeah. Um, and then I'll wait till they're far enough off, and I'll slip out the backside or something. But there's been other times where I didn't know where they went after they crossed through or whatever. And I don't know where the hell they are. So I just get down and try to be quiet and kind of kind of walk in the same – or walk out the same way I walk in. Because I try to be as quiet as possible when I'm walking in and out. And, uh, I mean, I've gotten bumped, but, or I've gotten busted. It happens. It's going to happen to everybody. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a big issue I have at one of my spots because I walk through the alfalfa field to get into the timber to hunt it. And nine times out of 10, there's always a deer or two or a handful of them out in that alfalfa field. In the mornings? Feeding. Not necessarily in the mornings. I'm I'm more hunting in the evenings now, Uh but any any time I'm leaving there and it's night, 
they're out there in that alfalfa field, and I mean they're going to see me. So I I try to do my best, you know, to not be seen. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Just depend on what part of the field they're at. But I mean it, it's it's a it's something I need to address somehow. I don't know if I need to I need to talk to a neighbor or something like that. See if they'll let me walk through their area or something just to get a little bit yeah. better access and entry sort of thing. That was a big problem. Like that was a big problem with me last year. The the entry and I swore up and down I was going to get something done this year, but life happens and work happens, and sometimes you just don't get stuff done. But I want to plant some of that borderline stuff up, and I'm going to create like a a wall to slip behind. Yep. Come to you know entry and you know come in and out of the field, something like that. Uh, bird song and then with headhunters, they they plant the big time borderline. And that crap gets like 14 foot tall. And I mean, they can be in several of their stands that he's got. He can be in and out. And deer That's don't nice. even know what to plot. So, I mean, I think it'd be cool to try something like that, you know. Is that a se- lot of people are. Is that seasonal but, stuff or is it, will it just perennial? Perennial. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's perennial. That's it's nice. Not, it's not going to, you know. Well, we were talking. So it's, uh, Wait a what, minute. What a lot of people are doing. Perennial is, is one that comes back every year, right? I thought that was annual. Yeah, this is not. No. This don't come back every year. This one don't come back, so it's an annual then. Oh. Right? And, yeah, it's annual. You got to plan it annually. Yeah. yeah. Perennial is coming back. That's okay. what I thought. Look okay. at us, man. We're so. Man, we're, we're freaking horticulturists, baby. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, a lot of people's plant, uh, putting them like muddy box blinds or, or box blinds in the woods, and then they're planting that borderline in front of it. And then they're just cutting them out a hole where their windows are. Man, it's it's pretty slick. Yeah, you know you can you can do a lot with a hundred dollar hundred dollar blind from Walmart in a in a bag of that borderline. You can do you know you can do quite a bit of stuff on your hunting property if if, if you want to. How do you feel you about don't have to have a million dollars? Well, yeah, I'd love to have somebody do all the work for me, but <laughs> you know right, it right. don't work. Uh, how do you feel about so? In the in the afternoons, I don't have an issue because I can slip into my timber. There's a little bit of a, a rise where I can kind of creep up over it and then basically just scan all the timber in front of me and just see if I'm going to bump anything before I make a move down into the down into my stand. But in the mornings, I almost always have a problem walking in on deer because I just do. How you feel about just walking in with a light on compared to just walking in the dark? Uh, a lot of times I do walk in the dark because uh, I, I know the trail I take, and it's probably not good to take the same trail over and over, but that's what I take in the mornings. Like Mike was saying earlier, I don't hunt a lot in the mornings early season, but I have heard from two people today that they've said they've seen more deer in the mornings here this past <laughs> week than they have in the afternoon. They said so there's – the, the little bucks are starting to get up and starting to get nosy and not not really chasing but there's you know they're just starting to and uh, a lot of that activity been going on in the morning so i'm gonna go tomorrow morning and uh i you know i've heard people walk in with with no light i've heard them walk in with a light i've heard them walk in with green light i've heard walking with red light <laughs> i mean whatever you're comfortable with really I, I go to the timber and I use a light because I think I'm going to make more noise if I don't have a light when I'm going through the timber because I'm going to hitting shit and stepping on logs and sticks and stuff because I'm the world's worst at clearing out my paths. Like I said, I was going through the past three years. I don't clear out past the stands. I mean, I take the same trail through the timber, but there's a lot of shit you can make noise on in between Same. the, yeah. the field and the stands. You know? 
Well, and I've, and plus, I'm pushing 300, so let's get this straight right now. I don't slip into anywhere, okay? <laughs> I, uh, when I get there, they know I'm there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's my point, especially like in the mornings. I, like, I, we got a buddy that, you know, he just says, hey, I turn on my white light and I walk to my stand because they don't know what I am and I'm not going to be quiet anyways because it's morning. I can't see anything. So, no matter what I do, they're going to hear me walking to the stand. And then, you know, I've yeah. got I've got another other people we know that are like, no, nah, it's in the dark and you are as slow as possible and, you know, this and that. And I, I mean – it seems like no matter what I do, I end up bumping a deer if I'm quiet in the dark or if I'm just walking with a light on. Um, you know, I remember last year I bumped a deer walking in with a light on, bumped him, or it, I didn't know what it was at the time, and not 30 minutes later, right after first light, he came right back down yeah, to I, where my stand was. I think I think whenever you're bumping in the morning or whether you have a light on or not – I don't think they're going to know what you are if it's dark enough. Unless they got your wind. Yeah, unless they got your wind, you know, if they can put the two and two together. But if you're playing your cards right, they might hear something and they might scurry off real quick. But, I mean, they get bumped from stuff all the time, a coyote or, you know, a dog or, you know, whatever. Squirrel drop a hedge apple. They they might run for a little bit. But it doesn't mean they're not going to – it doesn't mean they're leaving the county. So The, uh, The biggest deer I've ever killed, I killed last year. And uh, the night before that, we had a we had several Chardonnays. We had a pretty good shindig, and uh, a lot of my buddies come over, and uh, we had we had a good little party. Woke up next morning, didn't feel great at all, but I I went up to stand. It's kind of irresponsible of me to say this, but I really didn't give a shit. I just walked out there with light on, walked out, got my stand. Literally, when I got my stand and put my bag on the hook and lit my thermocell up, it was shooting hour. I mean, it took that that quick. I killed uh, that eight point like eight or nine minutes later. So I mean, sometimes I don't, you know, it's, it's one of the things like you don't know what you're supposed to do. Like I went and I'm sure I was noisy as hell. I didn't care, you know, that time in the sand, and I killed the biggest buck I ever killed in my life eight minutes later. Yeah. So uh, I don't, I don't know what the, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I think different deer. I mean, with with wind, with everything, we we talk about walking in with lights. We talk about scent control we talk about cameras whatever a lot of it is if it's meant to be at that time it's just going to happen you know if he if it walks by at the correct time that you're there sometimes you could be straight freaking downwind of them or upwind of them i guess the wrong way whatever the hell that is yeah i always get that wrong you know you can be straight downwind of the damn thing smell like freaking alcohol and you shoot them, you know, it's just like, yeah. sometimes, you know, I, I think hunting's a lot more simple than we make it. Now we like to nitpick every little thing we do because that's what, as hunters, something we love. That's why we do it. Um, yeah. cause we love it. So we want to be the best we can be, but shit, sometimes dude, I think just get out there and hunt. I mean, our grandpas <laughs> went in blue jeans, flannels, and like you said, smoking a marble and sitting on the ground yeah. and killed deer. That's so. uh Fred Bear, he you know he hunted the red and black flannel all the time. He killed a lot more stuff than we all had, you know. And like you said, I think as hunters and even you know social media, Instagram, excuse me, YouTube, uh, 
we get to watching this stuff, we overcomplicate everything, just like you said, and make it a lot harder than what, what it needs to be. I mean, we've I'm sure y'all the same. We've killed deer all of our life. May not been the may not been the biggest deer we were, you know, may not be two hundred, but we've killed deer since we was kids. And we didn't have all this crap when we was kids. You know, we didn't have the apps on your phone. We didn't have the the ozonics and we didn't have the scent crusher coats and all that. And hell we even killed deer when we was young. So I mean, all this stuff is good, but you know, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, you know. Yeah. The way it is. Take all the information you're given, use it to your advantage for your certain situation, and then, you know, learn what works for you. Uh, I mean, podcasts yeah. are, listen, like podcasts are great. That's, I learned so much about hunting by starting to listen yep. to podcasts, listening to people like yep. Mark Kenyon is the first one I ever listened to, and I learned a lot. But you learn more and just as much by going out and experiencing stuff. So, you know, if if Nate Thomas says, hey, you can hunt a uh, wind right up against a creek bank because it's going to suck down, and then you go out and try it, and it don't do that, and you keep getting busted, well, stop. <laughs> it don't work for you, you yeah. know? It's different where you're at. So, you know, uh, yeah. it's just it's all specific to what works for you, man. Um, that's that's kind of the that's perfect the way to way, put it. That's the same way with, that's the way with Joey. Uh, Joey, Joey Kerbrine, Yo-Yo Heat, he don't do scent crusher bags. He don't do scent crusher coats. He's got Walmart Walmart camo. Not saying he can't afford it. He just don't buy into all the hype. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's got a 7 or $8 Realtree t-shirt, and that dude has killed some toads. I mean, he is his wall is full of big deer. and like, But he just, he just does what he knows. He's always killed deer, and he, he never changed anything up. But, it works for him, you know. He don't have it, like I said. He don't have a coat. He don't have ozonics. He, I mean, he, he he just kills deer. That's it. He's one of those people I mean, we call straight killer. Yeah, straight up killer. Yeah, oh yeah, he is. Hey, when he was a kid, man, him, his dad was the same way. You know, uh, they used to. Uh, I, I joke with him about this. But they used to walk like two miles, three miles back into this woods, and then get a boat across the river and go for like another two miles to an old river channel. And then get like a little boat. I mean, it like it took them like two hours to get to hunt in the morning. But man, when they come back out in the evening, they had they had big deer. You know, That's or a couple awesome. days later, whenever they come back out, they had big deer. You know, That's badass. Yep. Yeah. Well, life's and hunting's lessons with <laughs> Kyle and Missouri Woods and Water, <laughs> the Boot Hill Hunting Camp Podcast, and Missouri Woods and Water solving everything for everybody. Yeah. And we're, we're all uh we're all amateurs still. <laughs> shit yeah. I don't I will never be a pro. So uh dude, I we appreciate you coming on. I mean, we kind of cover a lot of stuff with the Whitetail Woods um because we just let it go where it was going to go, you know, and um yeah. I think that's kind of the best some of the best conversations is we start on a topic and we just let it let it go where it's going to go. So we covered a lot of different stuff with Kyle. Um you know, don't let Kyle downplay it. He is a, is a an awesome hunter, and him and his crew know what they're doing too. I mean, but in the end, Missouri Woods and Water, you you guys, we're just like everybody we're talking to. We're we're average guys that all have jobs that are just trying to learn more. And um, you know, you, you tune into to podcasts like ours, and you learn right right along with us and with you guys. So before we hop off with you, what? Uh, why don't you give yourself your plug, how people can listen to your podcast, 
get a hold on you uh, on the social medias, and then we'll hop off. We're uh, at the Boot Hill Hunting Camp podcast. Uh, find us on Facebook, of course. Uh, we're on eight or nine platforms now, but the main ones are Spotify and Apple. Uh, check us out, man. Give us a like and follow. We got a couple really cool giveaways coming up. I uh, got some grunt calls from Keep Rutting Calls in today. We're going to give a couple of them away. Uh, just keep supporting us, Missouri boys. And, uh, man, that's it. And good luck this season. It's your tag. Fill it how you want to. And you got Go Wild too, don't you? No. Oh, no. you got you got to get onto that app. That I'll tell you what. I know. Did you listen to our, our episode with that dude? No, I, I know. I, I've, I travel for work, so I catch up on everybody's episodes on travel. But to, this week, uh, I actually traveled with a buddy of mine, so we so, didn't listen to podcasts. We kind of cut shit. When you listen to that one, um, after you get done with it, you'll be surprised that we actually still have, um, well, any accounts because I basically talk shit on Instagram and Facebook the entire <laughs> yeah. time and YouTube. After yeah. they did the demonetization and stuff, and you know, Go Wild is really cool because it's made for outdoorsmen and hunters, and they want yeah. us. They want us there showing pictures of our kills and stuff like that. So we had him on, and uh, you know, basically talked about what his app does, and you know, he he heard me complain about the other uh, sites. So I'm surprised they didn't, you know, remove us. <laughs> Luckily, they don't uh, listen to yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I doubt anybody from hey, Instagram is listening to it's us. It's funny to say that because, like, I don't know if y'all listen to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Uh, it's a podcast, too. And they followers. And they, uh, they lost – they're losing parts of their Instagram page right now. A good friend of mine, a sponsor of our Silverback Blades, he has, like, 25,000 followers. He lost his page two weeks ago and still ain't got it back. And he doesn't post anything like negative or any. So he, they he they suspended him, or did he get hacked or something? He got hacked, but Instagram they can't recover his page. Mm. But like Lone Star Outdoor Show, they post like crazy hunting videos and stuff. You know, well, they've got they got they're they're starting to get suspended little by little. They're they're pulling a lot of their content off their page. Yeah, and it's it's slowly but surely going going south. See, know? that's the shit I, that bothers me. I hate. And I'm, you've listened to me bitch about social media before. I'm not a big fan of it. I also don't like using a, a platform that doesn't freaking want me there. You know, like yeah. I, I'm sitting here using your shit and you don't even like me. And that's right. that's what I like about Go Wild. And we're not sponsored by them either. But, it, you know, they want us there. So you gotta, you need to go and check, uh, start an account with them because it's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, you'll like it. Yeah, I'll do that, man. I'll do that. I got a week, I got a week off now. Like I said, I, like you saying, I'm, I'm a – I'm a regular old person. I work for Union Pacific Railroad as a welder. And I've been really, really busy the past couple of months. We didn't even have it. We didn't have an episode go out last week because, like I said, we've all been busy. It's the first time we've missed an episode, but yeah, we're gonna. We got a couple good ones lined up. We got a couple more coming out this coming week. Uh, so I'm excited about what's coming for my podcast and yours as well, man. I really enjoy y'all stuff, and I thank y'all for having me on. Yeah, well, go check them out. Kyle Hankins with the Boot Hill Hunting Camp Podcast. Great guys, um, you know, one of the few guys that we've actually met in person. Um, love hanging out with you. Hopefully get to see you again soon. And uh, go yep. check them out, and we appreciate you coming on the show, Kyle. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, see you, buddy. See you. All right, that's today's show. Yeah, that was. Uh, that's all. it's always good to get together with a fellow podcaster, especially one from the same state. Yeah, you know it's always fun. Had a good time. I mean, we talked about a lot of different whitetail stuff. Honestly, 
we were only planning on really talking about strategy, but I mean, it just kind of morphed into all kinds of different cool things. So yep. I'm not even sure how I'm going to write the like, uh, how I'm going to write the, what do you call that, the summary of the show? Because there's yeah. so much different stuff we talk. about. Who reads that though? Really? I never. Read Everybody one. better freaking read it because it takes me two hours to write. <laughs> I know the you, thing. you complain about that thing every year, <laughs> and I feel bad, but we know if I did it. Nobody, Nobody could would read it because it wouldn't be legible. Yeah. And so. The dyslexia would show. Yeah. Is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's a reason I drive a truck. I mean, <laughs> let's be realistic here. But, yeah. But uh, really, really appreciate Kyle coming on. Yeah. Uh, great guy. Great podcast. Um, another fellow podcast. I think you've heard us say it before. There's several great podcasts right here in the state of Missouri um, that are I mean, kind of based around our state. Yep. You know, I mean, we talk about, we talk to and about things that aren't always from Missouri, but, I mean, a lot of it obviously is, is here. So he's another one, a uh, great salt of the air type of guy. Uh, and guys, we only talked to Kyle tonight, but there's four of them. Mm-hmm. And um, so we really appreciate him coming on. We wish him success the rest of the year. And uh, all of you, the same success. This is, I mean, it's this is going to come out, what, October 26th? It's. I'm really starting to, like, get geeked out. Good, Nancy. I'm taking time off next week. Ooh, nice. Um, I'm taking time off the week after. <laughs> That's even better. I've got, like, 10 days or 12 days the rest of this year. There so you go. Use them up. I'm going to start taking some time. I'm pretty- Mama's not real happy that I'm taking a lot of time for deer hunting, so I'm going to take time for other stuff, too. Right. I got to have that freaking hernia surgery at some point, so I probably got to take... Aren't you kicking that off till after season, though? Yeah, but it's going to be in still the year 2021. I got you. So, so you I got to gotta keep some of them days. Oh, okay. So, we'll see. But I'm telling you what, if that dude's showing up like every day, I might just start taking <laughs> every day I got left <laughs> There you go. before man. rifle season hits. Yeah, see, I'm swamped at work, so I'm definitely not taking any more time off. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm st- hopefully... When's time change? Is that November? I think it's like November 5th or something like that. Okay, so it's coming up pretty quick. So I'll be able to have a handful of days during the week that I can get out in the evening, but then it's pretty much the weekends, and, you know, that that goes with the family. So it's going to be rough, but uh, hopefully we get something done. Yep. All right. Well, we'll haul you all later. See you.